so got excited that you're here today. We're, we're going to continue our series in a moment on prayer. And man, what, we got a pretty full house here today. Um, you keep threatening that we need to go to two services. And so keep doing this, and that's what will happen. So uh, we're glad you're here. We want to make opportunity for people and space for people. And some of us kind of like the, the, the crowded feel and all that, but we also want to make room for other people to come as well. Uh, you can get too full, and people go, oh, man, there's not a place for me. We actually have a sign that says, always a place for you. So we want to make sure of that. So uh, just keep that in mind. Well, you might be hearing that. But we're glad you took this day an opportunity. If you're online, as Stacy mentioned, we're glad you're joining us there. Um, before we jump into our, our message this morning, I'm going to invite some ladies to come up and share. We've been, this month of September, we've been focusing on just in getting people involved in community in small groups. And there's just a fascinating, there's just a wonderful group that's happening, a group of ladies that meet on Tuesdays. And it's Margaret's group at 1 o'clock on Tuesdays here. And she has some ladies that are going to come on over and, and will fit over here on the stage. And uh, Margaret, share a little bit what's happening and, and introduce your, your group here, some of them. Yeah, I've been a leader for about five years. I was talked into it, and I decided to take, <laughs> I decided to take a leap of faith because yes. I like to be in the background and not out front. But I have this wonderful group of ladies and... We have seen so many miracles and blessings. It's unbelievable. And from your sermon last week, everything pertained to what, what it means to us to be in a small group. Mm. It's, it's such a blessing to be able to lead the group, but yeah. yet they're the ones who support me and mm. believe in yeah. me, and yep. that's what I've needed all this time. And I'd like to introduce first Carol Fairman. She's new to our group and Judy, who has been with me from the very beginning. And they just have a few words they want to say about what the group means to them. I'm probably one of the newest. Oh, I'm probably one of the newest members of our group, probably the oldest. And I, I absolutely felt reborn when I walked into the first meeting. It took me a long time to decide that I wanted to do this because this wasn't my church to begin with. But I had a friend who said, come on, I think you're gonna like this. And from the first time I came, I just felt so at home. And um, so I decided I wouldn't join the uh, ladies group and just see what it was about. And when I walked in, I felt like I had, I had a room full of friends. You're doing great. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to singing and walking up and down a stage, and it's real hard for me to stand still. You're doing great. Yeah. Anyway, so I, one of the things that I learned very quickly was that we were going to be talking about prayer and how to pray to God. And my background was such, I, I went to a private school, that we were taught a prayer, and it might be 20 lines long. And our teachers would say, memorize this by Friday. And at the end of the week, we'd all have to get up. We were shaking in our boots because we couldn't remember it all. And, um, but we had to get it right or we would have to come back the next day. And so that was really tough. And we did that for years and years. So I never thought about prayer as being anything but saying one of those things that I never got right exactly, but um, nobody else talked to me about what else I should do. And now here I'm 80 years old, mm. 
And I come into this group of just the most lovely women, I just can hardly tell you, and they're talking about prayer and prayer in their lives and how prayer is something that's with you every day if you accept it. And, you know, all of a sudden, I started talking to Jesus. If I was driving along in the car, I would talk about things that were going on in my life, and I felt very relieved because I knew that I was talking to someone who cared. And um, I I decided that uh, I was going to try to get more into talking to God. And so um, I would do it in the car all the way to Bellingham, and I always had something to say, and there was always... I always felt that there was an answer. Mm. There's so many miracles that happened in my life that put me in positions where, whoa, that's really wonderful. And I never really put two and two together that, you know, I didn't fall down that whole row of stairs. The Lord was there and helped me so that halfway down I was able to stand up. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, yeah. I honestly believe this. So and and yeah. so, um, I guess what I just want to say to you is I, I've found such love and um, support in my group. Our leader, she's silent, and yet she has so much charisma, and she had draws us in with the way she lives her life. And Judy is another one. She's just, I can't say enough about either of these two women. They make such a difference in the lives of all of us. We probably have... 12 women in our group and maybe get eight at a time. But, you know, if any of you ladies would like to come and join us, I know you would enjoy it because we we share, we talk. What's talked about in the group is never going to go anywhere. So we have a chance to get some things off our minds that are, you know, heavy duty. And so, uh, and I know for myself, uh, I, I was just blown away that these people really cared about me, me, somebody they didn't know. So I'm just, I'm just uh, wanting to tell y'all, try it. That's a tough act to follow. Yeah, that's good. good. But I just want to say, I came here four years ago. I had not been in church for 10 years. Uh, my husband died, and I had to move from a huge house and so when I came, Diane Swan invited me to a ladies' Bible study, which is this one. And I came and I found some of the most wonderful ladies. Some have come, some have gone, and some have joined us. And I can't tell you enough about how wonderful it is. None of the churches I ever went to, most of them were denominational, ever had small groups like that. You, you, these small groups are just precious, yeah. where you really get to know people and you really get to share your hearts and everything that's said there stays there. So I, if you don't have to know the whole Bible. You don't have to recite any Bible verses, Carol. <laughs> you just have to want to learn. And we're all learning and we're all growing and we're all doing it together. And I love that and I love this church. Mm, thank you very much. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate you. Just appreciate your group and opportunity that you're giving anyone who wants to come and be a part and so we have we have ladies groups we have some men's groups we have couples groups we have mixed groups so throughout the week uh let us know yeah and so you know there's a place for you right there's a place for you here in a row but there's also a place for you in a circle in a small group and so 
on your connection card today, you're going, I, I want to get in a group. You can mark that on the card and drop it off on the way out at the connection point to do that. Just let us know. Uh, be involved that way. We, it's, it's a great time to join, join in, to be a part of it. And if anything, I would say, if you're trying to find a group, find your people. You know, find your people this week. If, if you're, there's a group that doesn't work for you, start a group. We'll, we'll, we'll help you do that, to get one going. Sometimes it's just requiring just to have a few friends over for dinner and start there and find community and connection with one another. I love what they're sharing about prayer and the power of prayer, and that's so really in our series what we're, we're sharing and talking about. And, and we're, you know, we're going through a, a prayer that it might have been similar to what Carol was talking about. Maybe you've grown up maybe in a traditional church, or you didn't grow up in any church and you're here today, but you heard this prayer somewhere. You heard the prayer you know, at a, at a family gathering they prayed, or you, it, was, it was in a movie. You've heard that prayer, that famous prayer by a famous person. And we talk, when we talk about prayer, we're thinking, where, where do we start with prayer? Prayer is such a huge topic. Where do we go? Well, Jesus gave us this prayer. And so what we started with is a great way to start in prayer is to, is to, start, is to go up. Go up in adoration. And Jesus prayed this prayer, our Father in heaven. Goes up in adoration and praise to God. So if you don't know where to start, don't start with your needs. Start, start with going up to Him. Last week we spent some time talking about confession through where Jesus says this. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, which is holy. We're lifting him up as being the holy one. Your kingdom come and your will be done. And we, we talked about how that, that's a problem. There's a problem with that prayer. Not that the prayer is the problem, but we're the problem. And the problem is our kingdom is different than his kingdom. We, we can pray our, his kingdom, but we some, many times we pray our kingdom and what we want. And, and really what it is is trying to align ourselves with, with his will to do that. And, and the step to do that is through, through confession. That the conflict of kingdom, really the, the conflict in our heart, the confliction of our soul, it, it's really to, to work through that is to actually go and have a time of confession. So upward to God in adoration and then inward to God in confession. Well, today we're going to talk about Asking, so we come to the place of asking, and and I and I look at it this way: is that that prayer is similar to kind of like getting in alignment with God, or getting in alignment with your car, and we'll talk about getting in alignment with God. With we're basically what we're doing is when you're going down the road, and you know maybe you hit a curb or something, and then you get back on the road, and you notice that you're it's hard hard to keep the the car you know on the road. You're fighting it. Oh, we've had that happen. I, and, and the other day, in fact, I, I, we're switching vehicles and everything, and I've developed back problems. And I realize I'm also trying to keep myself on the road physically. And so it took some adjustment uh, for my chiropractor to get me lined up again. So cars and bodies and everything, they get lined up. That's really what alignment of prayer is, is I'm, I'm aligning myself to to God's will and what he has. And he, and he says, if when we do that, something's very, very cool about it, that he actually brings answers to our prayer. And that's what we're going to talk about, petition to God, to, to actually come to a place of asking from him. And that's a dangerous place to go because we, we, we have to look at how he's going to answer and where he's going to do that. But we'll, we'll get to that here in the moment. But I love how Jesus says this. This is in John chapter 14. We're praying according to his will, lying to his will. It's in the conversation where the disciples are asking, kind of what kind of authority do you have, Jesus? 
And this is what he says. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? What is he saying? I'm am I not in alignment with God, our Father? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who's doing his work. Believe me when I say I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Lining up. As I at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do, listen to this, even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be, may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name. What does it say? And I will do it. Wow. That is a promise. But it's a promise of alignment. The, the, Jesus is aligning himself to the Father and he says, I want you to align myself. I want you to believe in me and then I'm going to the Father, and I'm going to line up, and there's going to be authority I'm giving, and then through praying in my name, in my name, that your prayer will be answered according to my will. That's a bold thing, isn't it? That's a bold prayer. We're going to, we're going to look at the tension of that here in a little bit, but think about this. Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. I think most of our prayers we pray, whether we're praying for a meal or praying for the day, you know, praying at church, we, we, we'll say, in the name of Jesus, amen. Many times we pray that prayer. But if you thought about the name, what's so powerful praying the name of Jesus? Well, the, the powerful thing about it is, first of all, Jesus said to pray in his name, but he's proven his name is worthy. He's proven his name is, is, is it means something and has power to that. Jesus said that he would, he, he, you know, he came and he said, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise on the third day. And he did it. I tell you, if, if someone says they're going to die and, and rise from the dead and they, they did, there's, there's, that's the person we need to be believing in it. And that's what Jesus did. That's the accomplishment the, that he had. And with that, not only being risen from the dead, he sat down at the right hand of God that signifies the authority. Jesus said he had this authority and he'd proven his authority and now sits at the right hand. I tell you, it's, it's, it's who you know. Um, and Again, my wife and I, we're going through some car problems and stuff. And then if you've been there before, you're like, okay, now we've got to change vehicles. And so I was like, oh, that means we're going to car lots. <laughs> that means we're going to, it's shark-infested waters as you do that. And you're going like, I, I, who do I need to talk to? Well, I knew right away I had a friend that had some, had, has a few car, car lots. And I text him and say, I'm heading to this car lot. Can you put a good word in it for me? And, and so he, he, we were all, we, our names were already mentioned, and they knew we were coming to, to this car lot, and we were able to work out in getting a vehicle. And I thank my friend for the help of that. And I thought, you know, that's what it is. It's who you know. Who we know is the one that sits at the right hand of the throne of God, that goes into the showroom of heaven, that goes into that place that we can intercede on our behalf is Jesus. So the power of the name of Jesus is very amazing. But it's interesting, there's a broader context of the, of the name of Jesus. Have you ever thought about this? What does that really, really mean? We know there's authority with it, but it also is, is evoking the name of Jesus, is actually praying his character and his purpose. Jesus never prayed, or, or I'm sorry, never answered prayer outside of who he is. Think about this. You pray for justice 
but and he doesn't answer what's going on well possibly what you're praying for is maybe you just you have an unforgiving heart and really want vengeance there's a motive to the prayer sometimes we we can pray for God's provision and yet maybe we're not really being honest in what we're doing in the in the process so his purposes that's his character he's not going to he's not going to answer prayer outside of his character he's not he's not here to kill still and destroy right so so that we keep that in mind but also we, we pray for his purpose for what his kingdom come not our kingdom come that his kingdom be stronger and i love what it says is that jesus says is that we pray and that it will glorify the son so when we actually pray in the name of jesus what are we doing we're evoking the name of jesus and we're lifting jesus up not just our needs and what we want there's a, there's a motive that comes with that when we align our will with God's will, pray accordingly. I like what First uh, John 5 says, this is the confidence when we pray and approaching God is that we ask in anything according to his will, he hears us. Now here's, here's a question of prayer we, we can ask a lot, at least consciously or subconsciously, of prayer really matters because doesn't God already know what we're praying for? Have you ever thought about it before? We're, we're lifting these needs up to God and like God knows more than what we know course he does right he does he wants but he wants us to ask and I was reflecting on this and with the encounter in three of the four gospels records Jesus leaving Jericho and there's a blind man you might know this name Barnabas and it says that Barnabas was sitting at the roadside begging and and when he heard the name of Jesus of Nazareth he shouted Jesus son of David have mercy on me here he is he's just crying out Jesus son of David have mercy on me can't see anything but he heard he was coming through and people said quiet just don't don't know he doesn't care what people think jesus son of david come mercy on me have mercy on me he's got this desperation and jesus hears the commotion going and tells him to come over and jesus asks him this question he says he asks him what do you want from me jesus is asking a blind man what he wants Jesus duh he wants what, what would a blind man want Jesus but why does he ask him that he wants him to want that he wants to say pray specifically what, what is it you want what do you want and this is what the blind man said Rabbi I want to see Jesus said your faith is healing immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Here, here's a thought for us so you can you can put in your notes here today is this God wants us to ask specifically because he wants us to see his activity he knows already right he knows well what is he doing he's wanting us to participate in a partnership in his kingdom and his kingdom through us in specific ways you don't know when you don't ask and you pray specifically Paul talks about this. He says this, do not, be, do not be anxious about anything. That speaks to some people here today, anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. But what do you do? In every situation, not just some, not just, well, I don't want to bug God for it. No, God cares about everything. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I love this. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ's Jesus pray specifically I love last week Graham prayed in the service it was a unique prayer it was a specific prayer 
he prayed for our building and staff, and he even prayed for the Mariners to win the World Series. That prayer will not get answered this year, okay? But what is he doing? I love his heart. He was like, Lord, we're asking for specifics. We're not praying in generalities. And there's nothing wrong with praying that. You could pray, God bless my day, God bless my meal. There's nothing wrong with those prayers, but could we get a little bit more specific? Could you pray? Maybe you pray this as you go to work. Lord, I want to be a good example of you. But what if you prayed even a little bit more specific? What do you say, Lord, with my coworker Lisa or Jim or whoever, Lord, help me to just have an opportunity to, to, to share you and to share, you know, get specific. And it's really cool when we partner with God specifically, God, you'll see a little bit more what he's doing when we do that. Maybe you're, maybe you're praying for, Lord, how, how can I be more generous? What if you prayed specifically, Lord, how can I be generous today? Who are the people that I get to meet and opportunity not only to give my resources, but my time and my energy and my attention too? When we pray specifically, we actually began to see specific answers on how God's working. Like, oh, God does answer prayer. Carol was sharing that, wasn't she? She was straight as she was driving away and, and, and literally just like, man, I fell, but I didn't fall that far. Lord, thank you for that. There, there's, there's specific work that God's doing. And so sometimes we don't know what to pray. And I love how Jesus gives us this prayer. He says, well, pray this. He says, give us this day our, our daily bread. How many love bread? Can you just raise your hand? You're bread lovers. Some of you are like, I am gluten-free. You're mean, okay? Here's the thing. Bread here is, a, is, is not about just the physical bread. It's talking about substance. Talk about provision that God gives. And, and, the, and the Hebrew... Pr- people they pray this it's kadesh a kadesh prayer it's this prayer that they pray of asking god for provision and they prayed it way back uh and it stems way back giving us our daily bread it goes way back into the to the to the to the desert where they're entering into the promised land and they couldn't raise cattle and they couldn't farm and they needed provisions so god provided a, a wafer-like substance and when they opened up their tent and they looked out into the to the grass there was this and they go, what's this? And, and guess what it was? It's called manna. What does manna mean? What's this? That's actually what it's called. And they, they had it each day. And, and God specifically told them, do not hoard it and do not save it for the next day. Some did. And what happened? They opened it up and it was all maggot and moldew and everything. And God was saying, listen, I want to provide for you daily. I, I, I'm not saying we can't pray for tomorrow. But what did Jesus say? That tomorrow has enough problems of it. Oh, worry about today. Take care of today. God wants daily provision. Why is that? Because he wants us to respond, wants him, us to be dependent upon him daily. A daily walking with him in relationship. And I know we pray prayers with the big challenges that we're facing. We, we say, God, I could use a raise. I could use a vacation. Lord, help me on a test. Some people think there's not prayer in school. There is prayer in school when there's tests in school. And we've prayed, and students, you prayed this prayer. God, I did not study for this test. Help me not to bomb the test, right? Help me not to fail this. And and there's times when we ask the Lord for prayer, and, and, and maybe in a selfish way, but there's legitimate things that we pray for. We ask God, we 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 ask for this daily provision and if not at times it, it, in our prayer and I would say this is this is the heartbreak of prayer sometimes is it's not answered the way we want it to be answered it leads to disappointment and even deeper it, it, it's led to devastation 
And we ask you, know, why is it so hard that we pray that some people's prayers are answered and my prayers are not? It's a hard thing that we can struggle through. Well, why does he not answer by not answering even? Well, there's no pat answer to that. That's, but it comes with an understanding of some promise that God has for us. So when we pray according to his will. When we pray in the name of Jesus, we discover something that we can even appreciate is this. It's this, that prayer is beyond just requests, but it's also persevering toward maturity in a relationship with Jesus. That prayer is not just this, as I said a couple of weeks ago, we're ramming our shopping cart to heaven. It's like, Lord, you got to bless me here. And, and, you know, I just want, you know, God to just swipe the card to get everything through the Costco line that we need. That's not what prayer is. That's, that's just stuff you need. It, there's, a, there's a dimension and a dynamic of prayer that goes further than making requests. It is specific. Lord, give us this daily, daily bread. But how is he going to give it to us? Prayer is, is, is pursuing and, and, and persevering through to a maturing faith in, in our relationship with him. Jesus hits on prayer in a different angle about persistence. There's a, there's a guy that's knocking and pounding on the door. And I need bread, I need bread, I need bread, I need bread. And, and, and his, his neighbor, and, 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 and Jesus says when he answered the door, the guy relented. He's upset, and we're in bed, we got to get up, why do we got to do this? And he gives him bread, and he says he doesn't give him bread because it's his friend. He gives him bread because he badgered him. He persisted in it. He, he begged for it. And I think there's something powerful what Jesus is saying, because this is what he says to you and I. He says, ask and will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Whoever asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. The ask, and the seek, and the knock, or the, in the Greek, it says this. It's, it's really this. It's a continual present tense. Meaning this, this sometimes we, well, I ask God. I, I, I sought him one time. I, I knock. I just... I put it out there rather than realizing this is what Jesus is saying. No, you keep on asking, you keep on seeking, and you keep on knocking. Bam, bam, bam. We, God, we want, we're turning to you. We need your help. There's this place, there's this place where we're pursuing God in prayer. And I think at times what we do in prayer is, again, we pray one prayer. Well, I prayed the prayer, and nothing, nothing happened. Well, it's not magical words. As much as maybe we were raised in traditions, Carol was talking about this prayer that I got to memorize. There's no, there's no passcode. There's no like, if I get the combination right, I, the, the vault opens and my answer to prayer. It just doesn't work like that. Prayer is not some combo. It's not some password. It's a relationship. It's a pursuing relationship with Him, and it's receiving out of what the our Father in heaven wants to give us. Look at what Jesus says about this after He says the seeking and 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 and. In, in asking and knocking, he says this, which, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If he then, though you're, you are evil, how much, how, sorry, now how good to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask them? What is he saying? We have this wonderful, and as First John says this, this, this love that's so extravagant that God wants to bless us as a father blesses. And we, 
we, we realize this is not that we're like God's little princess and he's got, we're, we're wrapped, you know, we got him wrapped around our finger. It's nothing like that. But he gives good gifts according to his sovereignty and according to his will. But the problem we face with prayer, the biggest problem is if God is so good, why does he allow the bad to still con- continue? Why does he allow that to go on? Well, there's a big theological word called theodicy. And I won't bore you with that, but it's basically this, that if God is the, the omnipotent God and he's, the, he's an omnibenevolent benevolent God, how can, he, how can those both go together? Well, that's the tension, that the world we live in. But what the answer is to the billion-dollar question is that my $100 answer is that he's God and you're not. Does that make sense? He's God. Him and his sovereignty. And the tragedies and the pains and the difficulties we go through life, that sometimes we get a little resolve. Sometimes we get a little bit of an answer like, oh, okay, that's why. And God did this and why it happened and the timing of everything. And there will be unanswered questions on this earth, and we will not know till heaven. We just don't know. We do not know. But know this. Aren't you glad you're not God? Aren't you glad I'm not God? Because we would screw it up really bad, okay, in the process. So we need to recognize that sovereignty is there, that we have finite thinking in our intellect. And I I think another picture I've found that maybe is helpful is this, is that there's a difference between hurt and harm. Do you know the difference between hurt and harm? Kind of an example would be is um, if you're taking your children to get shots. I remember my wife was working, and I, we took our 18-month-old son to the doctor. And you sit him on your lap, and he's, he's all, you know, happy-go-lucky kid. And the, the lady comes in with the lab coat, and she puts a little, and he, he's smiling and, and everything. And, and then all of a sudden, the jab. And he didn't look at her. He looked at me. And the horror on his face, the betrayal on his face, that how could you let this mean woman poke me with this needle? What was I doing? I knew that I don't want my son to have polio, rubella, and measles, okay? Whatever was the combination of that shot. I want to make sure that he's not harmed in those diseases, but it's going to hurt a little bit, buddy. It's going to be a little poke. Now, some of us go... I can, I can handle any poke in life. It's no big deal. I, don't, I didn't feel a thing, do we? Well, then you get a toothache, and then you're feeling it a little bit. And some of you, don't point fingers at anybody here, avoid the dentist like the plague. And you let it soar, and you'll complain, and you're, your person you're with, they're like, can you just go to the dentist? Like, oh, I don't like dentists. I don't like her. You're like, ah. But you're only eating off the side of the mouth. Like, you know, you, you can't function in that. And it pretty soon, all the hurt is turning to harm because that thing gets abscessed, and there's infection, and finally you'll go to the dentist. We're stubborn people, aren't we? And what we find is many times we're avoiding the, 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 the hurt that we're going through, but there's going to be more harm in it. God in his infinite plan, he sees, our, he sees the harm that's heading that way, and sometimes it's, it's going to hurt and what we've got to go through it. But there's a, there's a perseverance of prayer, and what we need to understand is we go through these times, and yes, there's doubt. Many times people going, you shouldn't doubt, you shouldn't doubt. Well, doubting is part of the process of faith. We're working through, we're working through, and, and we see God begin to tell us this, to keep asking, to keep seeking and knowing, and how we do that, then, then we grow. 
We're growing through what we go through. We grow, go through what we, we grow through what we go through in life. We're working through it, and we're developing. We're growing in our in our faith, and yet here, here here's the reality. Even in all that, it just feels like God's on mute. God's not answering. I don't know if you've experienced this, but if you've followed Christ for a while, you could go back and remember the moments that you first came to Jesus. And if you're here today, or you, maybe you know a neighbor that hasn't experienced the power and the presence of God, it's, it's unbelievable the change that can happen in your life. But you might remember when that happened. It was fresh. It was new. It was so amazing. And then along the lines, those feelings kind of subsided. And pretty soon, as you begin to pray, you maybe you're not feeling God as much. You're not, it's a little bit different. You're like, what, has God left me? How come I don't feel God like I used to feel Him? There's kind of that new, that newness is worn off in your faith. Well, there's a maturing that's take place. 16th century uh, priest, uh, Spanish Catholic priest, John St. John of the Cross, he called the dark night of the soul. And some of you know what that's like. Some of you, just this last week, yeah, it was 3 a.m., I was awake. I've had those moments. We're working through things and, and where we're at in our, in our faith. Sometimes it's not 3 a.m., it's 3 p.m., and it's, it's light outside, but you're going through a darkness in your soul and the struggles you're going through. That's part of the faith journey. That's part of recognizing as we persevere through faith and trusting that God's there and He's working, He's doing, He's maturing us and to do that. And, and what, we, what we find in the maturing is it's not that God's absent, but, but He's silent sometimes. I was thinking about the disciples when they're all freaking out in the boat with Jesus. Okay? The, the storms are coming and all this is happening. And where's Jesus? What is he doing? Does anybody remember? He's sleeping. How can you sleep at a time like this? And yet he was. Why? It's, it's not that he didn't care. He was in control. He got up. Imagine he, even the person, I'm not going to wake him. You wake him. I'm not going to wake Jesus. You wake Jesus. Jesus. And he didn't get, he didn't get up. He got up. And, and then he, he must have been mad because he just rebuked the wind. Like, that's done. I'm, done. I'm done with it. And then he turns to him and says, you have a little faith. What is he doing? He's helping him grow and depend on, they, depending on him and trusting in him was, was all part of the process. Listen, there's times that we ask God why. There's always going to be the new whys of life. But the maturing question as we go through it is not why God, but what God. What God are you doing in this? Where God are you taking me? What, what, what is this looking like as we go forward? Believe me, there's going to be the whys and they'll continue in our life. Pain is inevitable. It's, it's just part, the struggle's inevitable. Jesus says, I told you these things so you may have peace. In this world, there will be trouble. That's a guarantee. That's a promise that we, in, in our life. But how we work through that. I love what Romans 5 says. I think it gives us some perspective in persevering in prayer. Because it, he says this, because we know that the suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And I love this. And hope does not put us to shame. Another translation says, hope does not disappoint us. I love that about hope. It doesn't disappoint. It keeps us going to keep, to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. Why? Because our Father in heaven has good gifts, has the best gifts. And what does Romans say, this best gift? Because God's love has poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has, given, who has been given to us. The promise is the Spirit of God. The promise is that He's with us, even when our prayers are not answered according to our will and our timeline with it. We're aligning ourselves with Him. Jesus said there will be troubles. What you seek and you ask, He says, 
I will, I've overcome the world. This morning, he overcome and, and accomplished what he did on the cross and, and the resurrection that we are going to commemorate today and celebrate today. I'm going to invite our team to come as we close in worship, but we're preparing also for a time of communion together. And if you're, you're new with us, or maybe you're not a person of, of, of faith in Christ, it's okay if, if you don't want to participate. What I mean by that is, like, I'm not sure this. You can just let it pass by. It's okay. In a moment, we'll be sharing and, and serving. To, um, you'll be served. You'll be, we'll hold it together as we participate. But these are for followers of Jesus that have said, Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my Savior. And I want to, I want to recognize what you've done. One of the things that we recognize in, in, in prayer is this, is that, and you could, this is our last thought as we in a moment have communion, is this, that Jesus' accomplishment on the cross and then conquering death became the answer to every prayer. So when you're sitting here today and you're praying in this week and you're finding that in your desires and things and the way God is, is answering or not answering and you're waiting and waiting and waiting, Knowing this, and overall, your prayer has been answered already because Jesus is, he is the answer to your prayer. And I think it's ironic to think about that Jesus came and was so successful in all he did, but know this, that not even all of Jesus' prayers were answered. Jesus' prayers were not even answered in his own life. Prayers that are pretty big prayers that he prayed. See, even Jesus needed prayer answered, and it was in a desperate moment. And the Garden of Gethsemane, that's that place. In fact, Gethsemane, the word means pressed. It was an olive garden. It was pressed, a pressing of the oil. And Jesus was pressed to the core. That very night he was crucified. People were fading around him. His disciples were off sleeping, and, and they weren't participating, and he was in a desperate place. He was in a lonely place. He said, he cried out these words. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Some of you have been in this room and you know what it feels like to be poured out in, in sorrow to the point of, of death. In fact, you experience death around you and it happened to you, a loved one. And you're at that point. It, the, the Bible talks about going through the valley of shadow of death. You know that low point. You've, you've faced it before. You've experienced it. Jesus identifies with you. And when we deal with the trauma and everything, we're at a place where we're, we, we, can't even, we can't even take a deep breath. We have, we have panic attacks. We have chest pains. We have, we have a, a pit in our stomach. We, our heart hurts. For Jesus, he sweat blood was a condition of stress so much that his corpuscles burst open and blood came out of his sweat glands. That was the pressure. And what was he feeling? He was not just feeling the pressure he was going through. He was feeling he was going to be taking the entire sin of the world upon him. That's what he was going through. And, and if you ever want to see Jesus in the most humble and humbling place, this is the moment that he prays this prayer. Because it says this, well, he, pers he persevered. Look at what it says. Going a little further, he fell to his face to the ground and prayed, My Father. Wow, that's the same prayer he told the disciples to pray. Our Father in heaven. Our Father meant Abba, Daddy God. 
I come for an intimate relationship. Father, here we are. He just talked about in John 14 how he and the Father and the Father are one. And here we are, Lord. You know, if think about this. If the only begotten Son's prayers are not answered, where does that take us? Wow. There weren't answered in this moment. Because he prays this. Listen to what Jesus, these are Jesus' words. He prayed this. If it is possible. If? Did Jesus use if? I don't know about you, but that's, that's hard to hear. That's hard to look at. If Jesus was if, where is his faith? If at all, if at all possible, of course it's possible. Gabriel, through God's voice, spoke to your mom, Mary. You know, how could this happen that I could be pregnant with? And, and, and Gabriel said to him, with God, all things are possible. Jesus, really? Jesus used if. Where does that lead us? It leads us to, to the work that he's going to do. God could have done it. God could have took care of it. Jesus himself could have done it. I mean, he healed the blind man. He snapped his fingers with the storm calming. Can he rescue himself? I mean, he was on the cross even. Can he rescue himself? But what does he say? May this cup be taken from me. What was the cup? It was the cup of suffering. It was the cup of pain. It was a cup of everything that was placed upon him from humanity. Jesus, at his weakest moment, wanted a break. God, get me out of this. God, get me out of this. And this dark garden, the, the dark garden of his very soul. But he prayed and taught us the same prayer. He prayed this prayer, then he needed to pray the same prayer. And the prayer was this, yet not my will, but yours be done. Not I, my will, but yours be done. My Father's will, not mine. God didn't answer Jesus' prayer, but instead made Jesus the answer to every prayer. In a moment, you're going to hold the answer. In a moment, you're going to have the, the, the bread, and you're going to have the cup, and just hold it, and in a moment, we'll, we'll eat and drink together. But as we go into contemplation, I want to give you this, this reflection as you hold them. And it's this, and it's a prayer. It's a prayer petition. It's this. Lord, if it at all possible, take this from me. If all possible, take this from me. This is a prayer you can pray every day. It's a, in fact, we got a, a, a listening guide this week, and you're a prayer guide that you can look at praying each day. Lord, I want I mean, daily bread. I'm, gonna, I'm trusting you with it. If all possible, make this need. Take this from me. Provide this for me. Whatever you want to fill in the blank. But here's it is. That your will be done through me to fulfill your kingdom. I give it to you, but I'm believing and I'm aligning myself to your kingdom and your purposes. And I prayed in Jesus' name according to your character and your purpose in my life. Can we pray that prayer to believe God what he can do? And he will answer according to his will. Team, you can come and serve us. Hold them together, and then we'll partake in a moment.